Hello, hello, warriors, witches, and weirdos. Welcome back to my heathen hearth. I'm your host, Ryder, and this is Shield Maiden Podcast. Welcome back, friends. So happy to have you back in the heathen hearth this week. Pull up a chair, grab a blanket and a notebook, have some tea, stay a while. Um, I've been having a really great week personally. This full moon in Virgo energy is exactly what I'm here for. I feel really like I've got my shit together this week. I am on it. I've been on my self-care. I've been keeping organized. I've been like really settling into some healthy routines. I've had like a flood of uh, creative energy. I've been working in my grimoire. It's been really good. Really, really good vibes all around. And I'm hoping to prolong this as much as I can and just ride the waves of this Virgo energy. I would also like to wish everyone a very happy Women's History Month and International Women's Day to all my women-identifying homies. Um, it's kind of a rough time to be a woman right now in the United States, I'm not gonna lie. Um, there's a lot of, I'll say, public servants trying their darndest to send us back to the 1600s, like Puritan times. Um, but we're witches, and we are not about that life. So they really said, Women's History Month, we will give you a first-hand POV experience. Can I talk my shit again? Anyways, there it was. Cauldron lit, spells cast, titties out, uh, chatting with my coven friends about writing rituals. We are working on writing a ritual together, as we do, for a friend of ours for her bachelorette. And we came around to the topic of whether or not to cast Circle. And casting Circle is definitely something that has the community divided, I would say. Within my own coven, even, there's two of us that are pro-Circle cast, and then the other three are pro-Chaos, if you will. And we got to talking a little bit about how to cast, different techniques, and if it's even necessary, etc. And so that's what we're getting into today. Uh, but first, real quick, run me that two-card tarot pull. As always, I am working with the original Rider White tarot deck. All reliable. Card number one is going to be the chariot. The chariot wants us to be victorious. Um, it wants us to have ambition and determination. Um, it wants us to have self-discipline, the kind that, you know, we need to sort of overcome any obstacles that might be between us and our success. The chariot is going to have us feeling ambitious and in control. And card number two is the magician. Very similar feel to the chariot. Um, it's all that Virgo full moon energy I was talking about earlier, I swear. But the magician usually signifies a time in your life when you have both the willpower and the resources to really manifest the outcome you want in your life, to make magic, to be a magician. And this card shows that, you know, you have the skill and the ability and the intellect you need to go get what you want. So go out and freaking get it. I will say that two major arcana cards paired together, I've learned this recently, two major arcana cards together has a lot of spiritual significance. It is definitely an insight into self-awareness on your spiritual path. And not to be too emphatic about this, but my guides are telling me that we can look forward to good news on the horizon. Or if not good news, at, at least, you know, something very significant. So. Let's dive right in. 
Casting Circle. Um, Casting Circle is not quite as 20th century as most people think. Um, in fact, there's evidence of circle casting practices that can be found in texts like the Lesser Key of Solomon. Um, it's mentioned in a lot of high magic grimoires. And in these early metaphysical literature is Casting Circle. And it's a means of containing spirit energies that were conjured during complex rituals of evocation. Basically meaning that they were conjuring spirits and it was risky to everyone that was involved, and it's possible that the spirits that were conjured were not super happy with the practitioners who were doing the summoning, and so the circle functioned as a way to protect the humans who were performing the ritual. Now, the earliest documented accounts of circle casting comes from the Greeks. It was tradition to draw a literal circle in the sand around the ritual area and around the participants, creating like a, a little sacred space circle um, for sacrifices. And we don't know exactly why they did it like that, but it is likely that they wanted to draw like a clear boundary between the like the ordinary mundane physical world's edge and the sacred spiritual rites that were taking place within it. So fast forwarding to the present, more recent times, the concept of casting circle was adopted by Wiccans, specifically Gerald Gardner, of course, and uh, it became just like really commonplace in the Wiccan religion. There is like an actual step-by-step -step process in Wicca for casting circle. I'm not super familiar with it, so if that's something you're interested in, you're gonna have to go ahead and Google that one yourself. Um, but I know it does include very specific verbiage and tools and invocation. Now, the reason the witchcraft community is sort of divided when it comes to circles is because of the Wiccan influence. Some people just find it a little too Wiccan. And obviously Wiccan practitioners do still participate in circle casting, but there are practitioners and pagans who maybe got their start in witchcraft from Wicca or Wiccan resources, and while they don't follow or identify as Wiccan now, they do still use some of the same aspects of it. Not to be, you know, like cherry-picking from religions, but I feel as though when it comes to Wicca, it's very situational, because Wicca did draw a lot of its inspiration from actual, real, deep, ancient origins, such as circle casting. So what even is circle casting? Other more common religions rely on the use of a building, such as, you know, a church, a synagogue, a temple, to hold their worship ceremonies. But pagans have this really unique ability to create that sacred space anywhere, especially in nature. And, I mean, of course, not every pagan tradition casts circle. A lot of um, reconstructionist paths actually skip circle casting altogether. Um, as do a lot of folk traditions, a lot of modern witchcraft, and a lot of European practices. But really simply put, I'd say casting circle is just using your energy from within to put out a field of protective energy around you and your working. Now when I say using your energy, that is sort of up to interpretation. I, I always say the energy comes from within, but you can also raise power before starting a ritual. And some do this by chanting, some people do this by, you know, dancing, you can play music, you can play an instrument, you can sing, you can beat a drum or ring a bell, things like that. Me personally, I like to put on really rhythmic music 
and move my body and dance intuitively to the music and really feel the rhythm. Um, I actually have a whole Spotify playlist for this that I will link in the show notes if anyone's interested. But the way you raise energy or raise power for casting circle, completely up to you. Now in some traditions, it is common to cast circle for every working, whether it's like a larger full-blown, you know, moon ceremony, or if it's just like a quick, you know, like a good luck spell or something. Some practitioners will cast a circle for every single time, which sounds exhausting to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Other witches like myself, I do it just for my larger workings, um, full moons, new moons, sabbats, big energy spells, deity works, anything that I think requires some sort of formality, I'll cast a circle for those. Um, Which might honestly, now that I think about it, might have a little bit to do with the fact that I come from a background of Christianity and so I think of deities as needing like this formality. That's probably something I should unpack. But I think for more casual workings like um, cleansings, simmer pots, not magic, those are those are casual workings that I feel don't need a circle cast specifically. I feel really confident in my wards and my protections that I already have in place. And so for doing more casual stuff like that, I don't feel the need to cast a circle. Another option, some people do it uh, like periodically, but for a designated general space. This can be like uh, in the woods, in, in nature. This can be an altar space. It can be a room. It can be your entire home, your entire property. Um, and maybe just once every like full moon or just on an equinox or, you know, once a year, maybe on the witch's new year, Samhain. For this, you would cast a circle of protective energy over um, your designated area for a specific time frame, like a cycle or like a year or what have you. And then you have that circle just up at all times, and then you would close it at the end of your cycle and recast it. And then there's people that don't care to cast circle at all, or maybe they do it in a different way outside of the very formal Wiccan tradition. Um, And I say Wiccan tradition, but as we know, it goes back a lot further than that. Um, But all of them are valid. Everyone's practice is different. Everyone's practice is unique. That's what makes witchcraft so beautiful. And so let's get into the different ways of casting. Um, admittedly, when I first started practicing, I had only read a few different resources uh, for saying that casting a circle was necessary, but I didn't really think to look into what that specifically meant. Um, so when I read in a ritual to just to cast circle, I just sort of intuitively assumed what it meant and I ran with that for a long time um, because I was a solo practitioner and I didn't have like a coven or um, any other practitioners that I knew of to sort of show me, show me the ropes, show me what that meant. Um, It actually wasn't until I attended my first group ritual. It was a local pagan pride festival where they did this really beautiful, um, like cleansing ceremony. And they did do a traditional Wiccan circle with a Wiccan priest and priestess. And it was really powerful. It was intense. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh, there might be more than one way of doing this shit. And maybe I should look into that. And so the first thing I did when I got home was look into the different ways of casting. So the first spell that I'd ever seen was on Pinterest. Don't come for me. 
It was a pinned Tumblr post, to make it even worse. And the first thing it said was to cast your circle. And so my brain went, okay, cast a circle. So again, just intuitively assuming what that meant, I closed my eyes and I sort of like rubbed my my hands together, like like crickets do. Like, um, So I rubbed my hands together until my hands got like really warm. And then I pictured in my mind this force field, like a, like a superhero, like a force field coming out of my body and just surrounding just me. And then I took my hands that were now nice and hot and I would clap and then push the energy away from me. And in my mind, I was like, I was like Violet from The Incredibles. I was like expanding this bubble around me in my altar. So I would rub and then clap and push this energy and just like manipulate it around me. So push away. And I would just do this until I felt like I had a very strong, protective, secure bubble around me. And I know this sounds goofy, like it's very goofy imagery um, to be like clapping and like manipulating the energy around you, um, sort of like Doctor Strange, but it's funny because throughout my practice, my circle casting has changed so much, but in other ways, so little. I went from clapping and pushing the energy out around me. That was the first way I did it. Then for a while I would take um, an incense stick or a rosemary bundle and I would create like a circle of smoke around myself. And while I did that, I would imagine, you know, the same way I did the, the little force field bubble, I would imagine like this smoke circle was keeping me protected. And I did like a flame, I did like a flame thing for a while. And then I briefly considered the idea of putting um, a salt circle around my whole house, like my whole entire house, salting it. Um, very, very Sam and Dean Winchester, right? From Supernatural. And I ended up not doing that because I did read that putting salt into the ground is really bad for the soil. And I am a green witch and I am a gardener before I was a witch. Um, so I did not do that. But then, after the, but then after this group ritual that we did, I ended up moving on to the traditional Wiccan way of calling the corners, which I'll get into that in a little bit. And now I feel like I've come full circle, um, no pun intended. I've come back around to more often than not, I find myself creating my little force field in my mind technique, um, which really goes to show you that trusting your intuition, trusting your gut, more often than not, really is the way to go. Um, you can do all the research in the world and read all the books and become super woke and cautious of, you know, not appropriating, and you can get super educated on the formalities and the histories. But I think that at the end of the day, going with what your gut tells you is the right way, that's the real meat and potatoes of witchcraft. That is one of the best tools you can learn on your path to enlightenment and spirituality. Not, not to be super woo-woo, as my husband would say, but personally, I like to think of, those, of my intuition, those little serendipitous moments where my intuition was right. I like to think of those as moments where my mind is tapping into something greater than itself. It's almost like getting like a little brain email <laughs> stay with me. It's like getting a little brain email from a database. And that database is like a collective knowledge bank of all the practitioners, whether in my bloodline or just the witches who came before me. It's like a message from them guiding me. And intuition is so rad. I know a lot of people like to say that 
that's just what chaos magic is, is following your intuition and forgetting the rules and, and structure and just doing what you want. Um, but it, it is. Witchcraft really is so much more fun when your intention is to grow and expand your mind rather than getting bogged down with like procedure and rubric. Don't also, if you are an earth sign, listen, I'm a Taurus, I get it. And if you are a Virgo or a Capricorn, <laughs> these pinche Capricorns, do not come for me about, but the structure, but there's rules. I, I know, I know guys, I know, <laughs> but hear me out. It's just, if you let go and just have a little bit of fun, I promise it's so fucking rad. So I mentioned at some point in my practice, I was casting circle by using incense or like an herb bundle to make like a smoke ring around myself. And that's funny because that's just cleansing for me now in my practice. Like it used to be casting circle and now it's just a way of cleansing. And both are valid. Witchcraft. At one point too, I would cast a circle by lighting this very specific dressed candle that had a, a sigil carved into it. And I would turn out all the lights and everywhere in the room that the light from this candle touched in my mind, that was my sacred space. Um, as far as like the candlelight would go. Everything... <laughs> Everything the light touches is your kingdom. Everything the light touches is your sacred space. Um, and that's also a now, another you know valid practice, if that's your thing. Now, the very formal way that is used in Wicca is also referred to as calling the corners. It's quite literally inviting the directions, north, south, east, west, and their corresponding elements to be present for your workings. And some might argue, I know especially in Druidry, um, Druidry? Druidism? The Druids would argue that there's also um, the directions up and down. So, and, and also that directions is a man-made concept and that there really is no directionality. And like, there's that's a rabbit hole. If you want to go down that, look up that there really is no corners to call. It's a whole thing. I like to sort of think that all of the other, the other elements and directions can be encompassed into spirit. So when I call the corners, I do the four corners with the four elements. And then I do spirit because spirit is within and that kind of is all encompassing. And, and in my mind, it ties it up in a nice neat little bow. And after calling the corners, it's also customary to invite whatever deity or deities you are trying to invoke. Now these don't necessarily have to be deities that you work with. Um, if you're doing a spell to gain wisdom and strength, Maybe you invoke Athena, or maybe you're doing a love spell. You want to invoke Freya. Um, if you're doing a baneful working and you want to add just a little bit of chaos, maybe you invoke Loki, or maybe you call on river spirits if you have river water. Um, and because you can also invoke energies. I have done glamour spells countless times where I just invoke my own divine feminine. And it's all up to your preference. It's all up to you and your level of comfortability. In the Wiccan tradition, I think they have like a patron god and goddess, and it's like a whole balance thing. Um, but when casting circle this way, you can choose to invite or not invite whoever, whatever, however many you want into your circle, as long as you're doing it respectfully and honoring them. And then once you complete your working, you would close your circle in the same way that you cast it. So you would release the corners and the elements um, all the deities, thank them, and sort of bid them adieu. Now, personally, I like to cast circle in this way, not because of the Wiccan influence, but because of the Greek philosophy. I just really love the idea of drawing 
a clear boundary between the mundane world and the space where I'm working, where everything is magical. The air is magical. The tools are magical. And, you know, for some reason, my brain really likes the idea of sort of carving out my little corner of the universe to do my little magic. And also, I just love the grandeur of it. Writing rituals, casting circle, it can be so dramatic and fun. The theatrics of it all, just, you know, taking your instrument to direct power. I have so many different instruments that I use for different things when casting circle. When working with the Morrigan, I have like an iron dagger. It's made from a railroad spike. And I use that to direct energy when honoring the spirit of battle. And when working with Odin, I use a hunting knife that has a like an antler handle to honor the wild hunt. And when working with Hecate, I use like a large cast iron skeleton key because she is the keeper of keys. And you know, there's times when I like to invoke many deities, and so I'll use a crystal point, like a clear quartz uh, point. Some people use like a selenite wand or just whatever your crystal of choice is. Whatever tool you feel intuitively connected to for casting circle, you can use whatever you want. Um, you could use a literal wand. There are crafters out there that make some really beautiful, intricate, handmade wands. I've never gotten one myself, I would love to. Um, just because really any chance I can get to be like over the top and dramatic with my craft, I love it. I love being too much, um, but I'm just, I'm like an overgrown theater kid at heart. So I love making a spectacle of my rituals, especially because when they're just for me, I work solo 90% of the time. So I like the idea of making things really, really beautiful and special just for me. Additionally, casting circle opens you up to being super creative with your verbiage and therefore connecting more deeply with your craft. For example, when calling the corners, you could say, you know, to the north, I invite the element of earth to join my circle, which is fine. It's very baseline, it gets the job done, but you could also say something like, to the steady north, steadfast element of earth, I call on you to keep me rooted in this world and lend me your ancient wisdom, hail and welcome. Like, do you, it just sounds so much prettier, it's so much fun. I was recently, like I said earlier, I was working on writing a ritual with my coven and my friend Becky, shout out Becky, asked if I would help with the quote unquote flowery writing. Um, like she would put in the outline and I would come in and sort of make the, the ornate, intricate, flowery language. And I was like, hell yeah, this is my forte. Like I am enthralled like to be over the top when it comes to language. Um, and just, you know, speaking hyperbolically. And I think it's one of those things, again, that just makes me feel really connected to witches that came before me, you know, practicing in secret and like writing beautiful poetic spells in their diaries. And it's also one of those things that I feel is just so deliciously feminine. It's like soft and delicate and girly, but at the same time, it's like profound and passionate. Ugh, words are magic, truly. And whether you cast circle in the traditional sense or uniquely or not at all, either way, I'd love to hear about it. So send me a message over at Silver Shield Maiden on Instagram and TikTok or email me at shieldmaidenpod at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit that follow button, leave a review, and I hope you have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Have fun, guys, and I'll see you next time. Bye!